Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can open your Bible app and go on more and events and you can see the notes. And if you brought a physical Bible with you, I'm going to read two portions of the scripture in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 31 and then Deuteronomy chapter 1. Numbers 14 verse 31. But your little ones whom you said will be victims, I will bring in and they shall know the land which you have despised. And in Numbers chapter 1 and verse 39, it says the following. Moreover, your little ones and your children, whom you say will be victims, who today have no knowledge of good and evil, they shall go in there. To them I will give it, and they shall possess it. Anybody who is under 30, stand up. Those who are under 30, I want you to listen very carefully to the message that I feel God has for you today. You are that generation that other generation have said you will be victims. Because of the exposure and the sexualization of our culture and of all the things that are happening in our culture today, our parents, our grandparents looking at this generation and say that these are victims. Some of them don't know good and evil. Some of them, they're not going to make it in all of that craziness that is happening. But I want to tell you something. What previous generation saw as victims, God has a promise for you. And I'm going to present a prophetic picture of our future, your future. Because God says, whom you see as victims, I see as possessors of my promise. Parents, grandparents, for those of you who are here today, I want you to listen very carefully to the word that you're going to hear today. I believe God wants to do something and he's already doing with the young generation that is going to be taking place and it already started to take place in the kingdom of God, in our nation, in our world. Let's give these people a round of applause. Those of you millennials, generation Z and X and Y and every other generation that will follow through after that. Our church is more, uh, we focus strategically on young people. I'm surrounded sometimes by powerful and people who God used very, very powerfully in movements, in revivals. And some of them secretly confined to me with fear of what's going to happen with the next generation. Even asked me, what do you see? And they started to bring the statistics of what is happening right now with the young generation. The exposure to pornography, the how social media is, you know, what's happening with the social media, their addiction to the phone, their addiction to, they're not able to communicate, they're afraid of phone calls, but not afraid of text messages. <laughs> and so, and, and when I hear stuff like that, you know, sometimes I look at us who have not been here during the Bronzeville revival, most of you don't even know what that is, Toronto outpouring. 
or the great awakening the azusa street there's so many great things that were happening in this nation and in the world that honestly made christianity charismatic movement the christian movement what it is today and we look at the young generation today and it's easy to label them with the same words that the parents who've seen the glory of god in egypt labeled their children they've seen the red sea split they've seen the largest empire in the world crumble under the power of god without a weapon without an army god just supernaturally stepped upon people who tormented his people and pretty much disarmed dismantled and defeated them in one day they've seen god supply for their needs in an amazing way and then these people who had an amazing experience who had an amazing exposure to what god is capable of doing they entered the promised land and they saw the problems in the promised land and they panicked they freaked out they came back and they looked at their children with pity because they saw the challenges that are awaiting them they saw the challenges that are ahead of them and difficulties that they will have to encounter and they said that these kids they will die like victims i want to let you know what you feel pity about god sees potential in if you look at your children today and if you're a mom or a dad grandfather or a grandmother and you see your child today and honestly you have a sense of pity a sense of that they are victims how can they make it they don't have experience they don't know between good and evil they don't seen what i've seen and man i just feel sorry for them i have a word from the lord for you these ones whom you see as victims says the lord i will bring in into the promised land in the last days says the lord i will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters they will prophesy your men and your older men they will see visions and they will dream dreams that promise belongs to you and i that promise belongs to our generation and we have to right now embrace this thing that god has a plan and a future for the young generation for the children and for the teenagers and though they did not see the moves of God of the past though some of them don't know the Billy Graham's and Rayhard Bonkies and all of these great men and women of God there is a God who has a promised land for them and he will use them to enter that land that is one of the reasons there's a huge focus in our ministry on young people that's one of the reasons we spend money and we spend resources to have the internship then to have summer internship and then the fall internship and that's why there's an emphasis on the teenagers on Wednesday college students on Thursday and a huge emphasis on young people why because God is preparing to take this generation into the promised land the revival that is coming is going to be unlike the revival that happened before in the revival before God used the rod of Moses but in the revival that is coming God will use the ark in the revival before Israel waited for the Jordan for the river Red Sea to split but in the revival that's coming Joshua generation they stepped into the Jordan and then the Jordan River split in the revival before God brought plagues and people just folded their hands but in the revival that's coming God will use soldiers in his army to advance his kingdom we are a generation of movers we are not building monuments to what God did in the past 
we are going to be a movement to what God is doing now and what God will do in the future. While we celebrate what God did in the past, while we earn and learn from the past, I want us to understand God did not call you to read history. God called you to create it. God didn't just call you to remember the history. God called you to leave a fingerprint for another generation. Raise something higher. What God did with Joshua was incredible. But it wasn't like what he did with Moses. What God is doing with our generation and what God is going to do with the little children who are sitting next to you right now and the ones in the kids zone. I want to tell you something. They are not going to die as victims. They are going to live as conquerors. That is our vision. My pastor had that when I was 13. He looked at us and people looked at him and they said this. They said, these kids, they will die in this country. They will get polluted by the secular culture in this nation. People looked at my pastor and they said, if you give them a vision to reach the community, the community will suck them in and they will become part of pollution in what is happening in the United States. But pastor knew the best way to protect young people is not to preserve them. It's to release them into God's purposes and let God use them. And what looked like we were victims who didn't speak English, who did not know the culture, who did not know anything in this world that we were in, in Tri-Cities. But at the same time, God had a different plan. God didn't see young people as victims. He, see the, he saw potential where other people felt pity. And today we see the result of that. But today we are looking at 13, 14, and 12-year-olds. And I want to tell you the same thing. God is seeing potential where you feel pity when they looked at David his brothers called him a shepherd Saul called him a boy Goliath called him a dog God called him a king we have a purpose and we are on this earth as young people to understand God did not send Moses in this century he sent you. Moses had his time. Now it's yours. Now it's mine. It's ours. Joshua had his time. God didn't choose to send him in this time. He chose you for this time. It's our time. Your time. Young person, you were chosen by God in no other century in no other time in the history but now they left their imprint they left a book for you to stand on they left an example and right now they passed on the baton to you and I and for us not just to sleep through a slip through but for us to make a difference for the glory of God how are we going to do that? I'm just going to share with you a few practical tip, tips that I feel that is happening with our young generation with us as youth and what God is going to do. You may say, well, that's so if I'm older, doesn't apply to me. Yes, applies to you as well. You're young in heart. Remember, God has a plan for you, even if people look at you with you with pity. The second thing I want us to underline right now is the first thing the generation did when they entered the promised land is they were circumcised. Somebody say, ouch. 
They were supposed to be circumcised after about seven or eight days, and unfortunately their daddies and mamas did not do that, and so they had to be done, that had to be done when they were older men, which hurt a little bit more. And when they entered the promised land, it's interesting, before God used them to conquer the enemy, God first cut some stuff off. I genuinely believe that with this young generation, God cannot empower you to be a conqueror until he first cuts you. Now he doesn't cut us to hurt us. He cuts us to separate us unto himself. Consecration comes before conquering. Before we go attacking the devil, we first go and we submit our flesh under the word and the spirit. Which tells us what happens tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday is called spiritual circumcision. It's when you endure a little bit of pain. Your flesh does. The spirit rejoices and the flesh gets weak. And you may say, Vlad, why is the church every single month does fasting? Because when you're in the promised land, the first thing you must do is you have to get circumcision. Every month we enter, the first thing that we do, you know, when we get paid, we bring a tithe to God. And the first few days of the month, we set those things aside so that we can defeat our flesh. So we can humble ourselves before God. We can silence the, the noise around us and seek the face of God. I want to tell you something. Those who circumcise, those who get cut are the those who get into conquering. When Israel got circumcised, the Bible says he came to Joshua and says, Joshua, now I have rolled away the reapproach of Egypt from Israel. That means though they got out of Egypt, and some of these kids, they were not even born in Egypt. But in the mother's milk, in their DNA, they carried the shame, the reapproach, slave mentality, victim thinking. And it was not until they got circumcised. It's almost like umbilical, umbilical cord. God removed that which they were connected to out of which they came from. Because you can pull a man out of Egypt. That's when salvation happens. But when you get sanctified and when you get circumcised, God pulls the Egypt out of you. He pulls the shame with it. He pulls that bad name with it. He pulls the victim mentality with it. Like they say, you can take the man out of a ghetto. But it's totally different to get the ghetto out of a man. When you get saved, God takes you out of the ghetto. But when you start fasting and praying, getting to the Word, when you start living a life that is submissive to the Word of God, God takes the ghetto out of you. Can somebody say amen? amen. When they enter the promised land, I want you to notice another thing, is the focus of young, new Joshua generation, it was not to grow the nation. It was to possess the land. Watch this. In Egypt, their success, their goal was to become bigger. That is why the moment they entered into Egypt, they entered into Egypt as a family. That family grew so big and so fast, it terrorized the Egyptians. But they exited Egypt as an army. And when they entered the promised land, you don't see the focus to grow numbers. You see, the focus is to gain territory. I believe what God is doing with our generation is He's shifting a mindset from church growth 
to kingdom advancement. Church growth is extremely important. Numbers are important because behind every number is a person. More people becoming Christians is extremely important. The church exploding, us getting a new building, us getting more services, that is very important. God wants us to be a mighty army. But an army does not exist for the sake of numbers. An army exists to enlarge their territory. So God is raising an army not so that we can have a bigger army. But so that we can have a bigger territory. So that God's kingdom doesn't get locked within the church. That the army that God's church is expands his kingdom outside of the church. In the sphere of government, in the sphere of education, in the sphere of arts, in the sphere of media, in the sphere of sports, in the sphere of every place. Joshua's generation did not focus on growing Israel. They focused on expanding its borders. And that is why when I was meeting, when we were meeting with young people and the young leaders and the youth, and I was telling them, your main goal in life is not to become a preacher. Your main goal in life is to bring the kingdom of God into the arena where God places you in. Now many of you will preach, just not from this podium. Your main goal is to be an influencer in your generation. Because God is no longer interested in making Israel big within Egypt. That's Egypt mentality where everything around us is bad and we're just getting bigger in the bad world. In the promised land, everything around you that's bad, you push it away and you expand the kingdom. We are an army and we are not here just to grow numbers. We are here to expand the territory. That means that in the political arena, that means in the medicine arena. That means in educational arena. We don't run from those arenas. We run into those places. Being light and salt. Bible calls us a city on the top of a hill. We are not a candle under a church pew. We are a city on the top of a hill. That is your calling. So if you are here today and you're running a business or you are a teacher or you are a manager, you're a social worker or you, you fix somebody's hair or somebody's teeth, you're building somebody's house or you run sewer pipes in the city, please understand you are a soldier in the army of God and God's goal is not to just link you in the church. He wants you to be released to expand His territory in every place that you are in. As young generation, we are going to be business-minded people. We are going to be world-minded people. Not in a secular, sinful way, but in a way that this earth belongs to our Father. This earth wasn't made by the devil. This earth wasn't made by Darwin. This earth was not fashioned by Hollywood. This earth was made by God. It belongs to Him. We are not sitting on our backpacks waiting for rapture. Our prayer is your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is coming soon, but this is his territory. If I lived in, when I lived in my dad's house, it was my house as well. I was responsible also for the yard and for the kitchen sink. When we are in our city, we take responsibility for our city. We pray for our mayor. We pray for our chief of police, our school superintendent. We get involved in our community. Why? It is our community.
the Bible says when heaven in the last days heaven will come down to earth God is not gonna roll up this earth destroy it and leave no ashes God is bringing in the book of Revelation heaven on earth he'll make a new one and God's dwelling will be here on earth that tells us God does not cross off the earth it is his place you nowhere see in the Bible where God says he removes the righteous for being righteous he removes the wicked for being wicked this is his place and we have to think in the promised land mentality where we advance the kingdom not just grow our church that tells us if another church in town grows we celebrate that tells us if you want to leave our church into another one we're not a Colombian cartel where we kill you for it because some churches are like cartel you can't join without paying a heavy price and you can't leave without paying with your life we are a kingdom people and if my money moves from my savings to my checkings I'm still it's still the same account if people go from this church to another one we celebrate and we want every church in town to grow and to advance the kingdom that is why last year we canceled few services and asked each one of you to go to another church some people had a, one person who was a pastor before who's now part of our church he called me with tears in his eyes he says this this is crazy I've never seen he said usually pastors are afraid of even inviting local preachers because oh people will go to their church and I said listen people don't belong to me or our pastor they belong to Jesus we don't own people I didn't bled for them I didn't die for them and I can't re-raise their sins only Jesus does that we are stewards of this local church but we belong to a kingdom and our goal is to advance that kingdom that's why two weeks ago senior pastors of Tri-Cities from Baptist churches Seventh-day Adventist churches and others were meeting right here fellowshipping praying for different churches in Tri-Cities why because in the promised land the goal is not to get a bigger family as an army to get a bigger territory amen I want us to see also not only God is shifting us into expanding territory instead of just growing as a church he wants us to understand that in the promised land Joshua's generation they were carrying the ark on their shoulders they were not just going into the tent of meeting they were carrying it with Moses Moses was the guy that really met God and everybody else really watched it in the promised land the whole nation was involved in carrying God's presence through the priests. I believe God is shifting something within this generation that just because you're a plumber and you're a businessman it does not mean you're less spiritual or you should not spend time with the Holy Spirit if you're not an apostle. That's why in, in Acts chapter 2 it says I will pour out my spirit and it's interesting that in the days of Jesus the spirit came on Jesus. In the days of apostles the spirit came upon every person in the room he didn't come on the apostles alone you don't see apostles burning with fire and everybody else who was not an apostle say the Bible says when the spirit came he came on every head in the upper room that tells me that a housewife and a businessman got that same fire why because every one of them is expected to spread the fire in their place of influence what 
what Samson did when he went into the fields of Philistines he caught foxes he tied their tails together and put a torch of flame in their tail and he released them into the fields you must understand in this new season God wants to light a torch in you even if you're not apostle even if you're not a teacher even if you're not a life group leader even if you're not a worship leader he wants to light a torch and put it inside of you and release you into the field of the Philistines and that's why we have to carry the ark like priests did like a donkey carried Jesus carry his presence regularly through meditation through scriptural memorization through fasting and through prayer live with the awareness of God's presence on your life in the Old Testament in, in the Egypt Moses was the one that really came and fought against Pharaoh he's the one that did the stuff with this with the stick and everything in the promised land it wasn't Joshua who fought it was all of the men who did I sense what God is doing in our generation he's not lowering down the ministry of a pastor apostle prophet but he's raising up the ministry of the believers where those who believe will cast out demons not those who have a microphone those who believe will lay hands upon the sick not those who have a stage those who believe will speak in tongues not only those who have gifts of the Holy Spirit that means every believer is going to be engaged in advancing the kingdom of God in a promised land it's not gonna be a one-man show it's not gonna be a one man in the center as a belly button and everything goes to him it's going to be an every woman and every man of God that God is going to use to cast out demons heal the sick preach the gospel and establish his kingdom on this earth that's why when you see a race to deliver conferences you know you don't see now one man you see a team of men and women you saw even this morning this afternoon as the prayer was being offered it's not just about one man because our goal is not to build our ministry our goal is to build the kingdom that's why when Pastor Ilya went last week you know to minister in uh, in Seattle area or Ivan that went to Brazil or other people that are different God is raising up believers not just one man whereas before a lot of revivals was really hinged on one person I believe the Lord in this revival he is hinging it on his people he's putting it on the body and that's why I want to encourage you right now there is power in your hands there is an anointing on your life and you might not be an apostle but you will still be used mightily by God to advance his kingdom in your field and in your influence shift your mindset shift your perspective change your white skin change your attitude because God has a plan and God marked you for his purpose and for his will somebody give God some praise right now In the promised land God did not deliver them in the promised land they exercised dominion what God is moving us especially our church is to move from deliverance to dominion we are a ministry that not only believes in deliverance we cast out devils uh, devils are bad and Jesus is good we believe that deliverance is not something that should be hidden in some kind of a secret private room like they do in the Vatican or some other places where it has to be completely hidden hidden away somehow Hollywood is not afraid to put that on the movies every single weekend about demons and witches and warlocks nor do we want to make a show out of deliverance or exalt the devil with that said 
in the promised land God did not deliver his people from their enemies in Egypt he delivered them from Pharaoh but in the promised land he entrusted them with Philistines whatever God doesn't deliver you from he has empowered you now to resist whatever God did not remove he has anointed you to push away out of your life there will be things God will supernaturally deliver you from he will send the plagues he will send the rod he will send Mo Moses he will send and he will pull you out supernaturally maybe break the power of alcohol maybe break the power of lust maybe break the power of nightmares maybe voices that are coming into your head and God will deliver you but please understand God will not remove every enemy after he delivers you he will bring you into a place where he will not deliver you but he will use you to exercise dominion because when you were created by God in Genesis it says he made you to have dominion God did not did not plant deliverance for you and me he planned us to have dominion why lions make lions we came out of God God has dominion we're made in his image and likeness and God gave us a snake to have dominion over God trusted us with his biggest enemy the devil we were here on earth for just few days and God already had so much trust in us that put the cunning slicky Satan under our feet it's a shame to the devil's face it's a slap on his face the fact that humans with two days of existence were entrusted with power over him who had all the knowledge all the experience and who dared to oppose God and we slipped we fell we sinned we fell prey to his deceptiveness and you would think God will learn a lesson and say you know what these guys don't trust them with the snake just trust them maybe with little bugs mosquitoes flies no no the Bible says when Jesus came in he forgives us of our sin delivers us from the devil and Jesus in Luke chapter 10 he says I saw Satan fall and he didn't say and now I guys I saw you didn't handle authority really well so I'm gonna keep it all to myself he says I give you authority you slipped first time I came and I delivered you and I didn't deliver you so that you can be delivered I delivered you so I can give you the dominion you were created for in the beginning in Romans it says for the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that you will reign in life not make it through life not survive through life not get delivered in life but reign in life God delivers you to give you dominion if God delivers you from alcohol but there is something moving in your house at night and you ask God to stop that stuff from moving at night it's your time to exercise dominion it's your time not to wait for plagues to come and change everything in the promised land but to realize you are the plague to realize you are that person that God is going to use to push away the darkness whatever he didn't deliver you from he has empowered you to exercise dominion over he entrusted you with that heaviness to conquer not to ask for strength to bear it but to release the strength to squash it he has entrusted you because you're in the promised land promised land that doesn't have absence of enemies it has a presence of you who has God on his shoulders and with God you're no longer experiencing deliverance you're walking in dominion
and that's why when people experience deliverance they go home and three days later they say ah the devil came back what if he didn't you just simply entered into promised land you're experiencing new enemies you are a new person and it's your time to rise up it's your time instead of saying oh you came back i'm in bondage again to say listen devil wrong address i'm not the same person you're talking to my hand because i'm not the same person no more and i rebuke you in jesus name i take authority of you in jesus mighty name the same spirit that raised christ from the dead lives inside of me philistines you gotta go i push you away in jesus mighty name i command you leave my children i command you leave my health i command you leave my finances devil i rebuke you in jesus name come on somebody You may say, but lad, I, I'm, a, I'm not mature in Christ. I don't know much about Jesus. Have you noticed that a police officer never weighs how many years he's been in the service to pull you over? And you don't know if he's been there for 30 years or three hours. A police officer doesn't go like this with his, anchor, with his knees when he sees you speeding. It's you who go like this when you speed. Why? Because he is not a criminal. He is a police officer. You have to understand, my friend, you're not a criminal. Devil is. You're a police officer. That means the devil has to run, not you. That means when you know your authority, but you will say, but I am small. Police's authority is never in his height or his weight. It's in his badge and in his gun. Your badge is the authority. Your gun is the power of the Holy Spirit. You can, that's why a police officer can stop a truck, a semi-truck on the road. Just simply by going like this because of his authority. Same thing. The biggest and the baddest devil. When you know who you are and you stop hiding and excusing yourself because you are young in the Lord. But you simply say, I may be young in the Lord. But the authority that I carry, heaven backs me up. And devil, you are a criminal. You're a gangster. Devil, you're a bad devil and i am this is my street this is my house i pay the bills i pay for utility i pay for my children these are my children so devil get your dirty hands off of them get your hands off of my finances get your hands off of my husband get your hands off of my wife get your hands off of my business this is my life You may say, but what? what happens if he doesn't listen? Have you heard what police do? They call for backup. That's what you call your life group. Say, hey, back up. I need some more people with bigger guns and, and bigger weapons. And that's when your life group leader, your tribe pastor will come in. And once you got that sucker surrounded, you get him locked up. You get him bound. Please do not disgrace the authority you carry by running from a gangster called devil you are a police he is a criminal he has to run these are not his streets these are your streets this is your house this is your life in the new season God is shifting our mindset he's making us into soldiers and lastly as we see in here when Joshua enters the promised land Joshua's generation young generation was used mightily by God. I believe it's, it's going to be our generation. We're going to carry God's presence. We are going to live a circumcised life. We are going to 
not only that but we also going to expand God's kingdom not only grow a local church we're not going to be just church-minded people we're going to be a kingdom-minded people we are going to be people who don't just focus on deliverance but we move from deliverance quickly into dominion and we walk in authority and we are going to be people who build memorials to what God is doing instead of monuments to what God has not done when Joshua and the Israel they went through the Jordan River God asked them to do something in the middle of Jordan at the probably the lowest point he says ask the priests and other people to go in I think the tribe leads to go in and pick up the stones from the lowest point of Jordan River and when they enter the promised land he says I want you to set those stones up for future generations to remember how I split the Jordan River and when I look at that I see a very powerful spiritual lesson for our generation our generation is very emotional many of us we are swayed by our feelings and our circumstances we see the walls closed up and we panic we see the troubles and we get shy and scared we don't hear God's voice for three four days and we feel that he abandoned us we don't feel his presence and we feel that he left us I believe we are as, as a young generation I want you to listen very carefully with the advancement of entertainment and music and movies we are hyper emotional generation and God wants to teach us to be less feeling driven and more faith-filled and how does that happen God wants you and I to create in our mind memorials to what he did instead of building castles to what he did not do when you went through your Jordan when you were at the lowest point of your life and God did not abandon you there but he was with you you need to not forget to pick up a stone from that place and bring it to your shore bring it to your mind and build a memorial stone that when my dad left me and other people left me and I felt like giving up God was there at my lowest he pulled me out I remember that when the doctor said I had three days to live and it's been now 30 years another stone I remember when our church had no money and no papers and we got this building another stone got put in there when we prayed for one lady who had cancer and God healed her and there's medical reports another stone on that memorial every healing every deliverance every answered prayer has to compile into stones of memorials why because in the promised land God will not cater to your mood God will not dance to the tune of your feelings there will be moments and seasons where God will be it will seem like silent what it will seem like God's presence left you and why does he do that because he can't build within you faith if your feelings are always present faith cannot be built until feelings fail so what do you do when feelings are gone what do you do if the sweet presence you felt is not there no more God says I want you to go back to your memorial stones and remember what I did
why because you will drop faith from your memory and if you don't feel me you can still know that I am with you because you remember of what I did the best way to keep yourself in faith is to have a good memory you don't need God to send you an angel every morning and I'm telling you God will not do that some of you will go through the very difficult seasons in your promised land and the way you're gonna make it it's not because God's sweet presence is going to be there every day. He did that in wilderness because you were scared. He sent manna. In the promised land, He doesn't do manna. He says, build a memorial. Remember what I did for you. And when I don't speak, and when I don't feel, you don't feel me, go back in your mind and tell yourself this. I don't need a prophetic word for every day to know God is good. I don't need a dream every night to know he's with me if nobody gives me a prophetic confirmation I know to still move forward if the walls stand high and God doesn't speak memorial stones speak if you don't intentionally build memorial stones I'm gonna tell you what's going to happen the enemy is going to build by default stones of what God did not do of where God did not answer your prayer of where you are still battling with that where where your parents are still facing that where you prayed for this and fasting and did not happen and he will magnify what God has not done and he will build you a shaky unsecure unstable heart and you will constantly doubt God's love and God's presence you will be a coward inside you will live with fear you will live with panic and you will demand God to give you more signs but no amount of signs will ever be enough for a person who has chosen to build a monument to what God has not done but my mom died I prayed for her she died out of cancer but my dad why did he divorce why did I never meet my mom and dad why am I still fighting arthritis in my joints if everything and if you magnify what God has not done or what things that you have that are just questions I'm gonna tell you one thing it will destroy your ability to believe and you will think you're the worst you think your case is the worst until you meet someone else and realize they have the same stones they chose not to build anything with them they think that they don't understand about why certain things are not happening they put it into God's hand and say God I trust you but right now I gotta build my faith so I'm gonna pull a stone from Jordan I'm gonna put a stone from Red Sea I'm gonna pull a stone from what God did there and God did there and I will build a memorial so when you don't speak I know you're here when I don't feel you but I still know you're here those of you who've been in school you know that when the teacher is silent it's because you're taking a test if you experience God's silence right now in your life it's because you're taking a test and it would be a foolish thing to do when you're experiencing a test to go in hey because when the teacher was speaking you couldn't wait for her to shut up and now that she stopped you want her to speak and what do you do when you're taking a test it's not a time to raise your hand it's time to lower down your head and remember everything the teacher said before she stopped speaking if you don't feel it's because God is developing your faith and God cannot develop your faith in the presence of your feelings feelings have to fail for faith to be built and how do you get through that season by building memorials you remember what God has done 
you go back in your mind to what God has done what God has spoken what about those things that God has not done put it into his hands and say Lord I trust you in those areas I don't understand that's a mystery to me I have a lot of questions about that when I get to heaven I want to talk about that God that's the first thing I want to talk about then the second thing and the third thing but right now since I'm not in heaven I gotta live by faith because I belong to a household of faith I have the word of faith I have a spirit of faith I have the gift of faith and God expects me to live a life of faith that's right let's raise your hands right now to the Lord get to welcome his spirit begin to welcome his presence people from the back to the front God's presence is about to move mightily in this room some of you you're going to be refreshed and renewed and restored right now as some of you you found yourself in a place of confusion a place of defeat you're expecting God to bring a plague to deliver you but God is saying I want you to be empowered to exercise dominion there's others of you right now that you, you felt in that season where like well, I feel there's no guidance no more from God and God wants you to remember what he has done just stretch your hands out to the Lord begin to welcome his presence welcome his glory Holy Spirit we welcome you right now God's fire we welcome you right now God's glory we welcome you right now thank you Jesus thank you precious Holy Spirit thank you Jesus Oh 
Yes, Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your cross. In Jesus' name. We want to take authority right now and honestly come against every monument that the enemy has built to what God has not done. I want you to destroy the altars of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to take authority. Maybe it's in your mind. Maybe it's in your life of something that did not happen, something where maybe you failed. It needs to be brought down today in Jesus' name. I want you to say this with me. Say, I'm a child of God. Say, Most High God is my Father. I was born for dominion. I'm washed with the blood. God, my Father, given me the authority. And right now, I take authority over every monument of things that were not done, my mistakes, unanswered prayers, miracles that didn't happen, every altar built by the enemy to prove that God is not faithful. In Jesus' name, I bring you down. I break that altar. In the name of Jesus, I crush that altar. In the name of Jesus. Come on, open up your lips right now. Begin to break every argument that is in your mind. Every stronghold that has been built by the enemy to destroy your faith, to destroy your confidence in God, to destroy your faithfulness to God's Word right now. Take authority over it right now. Break it down right now. If you've been abandoned, if you've been rejected, if you went through failure, if you went through unanswered prayer right now, and the enemy build that, break it down. See, I refuse to believe that lie. I refuse to believe that argument in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, we come against every demonic altar. We come against every altar of doubt and unbelief in Jesus' name. We come against every altar that Satan had thought by thought introduced you into our life every stronghold of 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 doubt and unbelief in jesus mighty name we break you down in jesus name every spirit behind it right now we reject you we renounce you and we command you to lose your grip we take authority in the name of jesus we come against you by the blood of jesus we command you leave us we command you lose your grip over my mind we command you lose your grip over our souls in jesus name you have no room you have no place in our minds and in our hearts in Jesus' name. We declare God is faithful. We declare God is good. We declare God is a good father. We declare God he still heals today. We declare God still answers prayer today. You, you altar that's built by demonic spirit, by Satan himself, we break you down. We destroy you down to the foundations in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you, Lord for who you are in our lives in Jesus name in Jesus mighty name I want you to say up to me and say I pull down every argument of the enemy against the promises of God say I bring down every failed experience everything that God didn't do in my life and I break the grip of the enemy over my faith over my mind in Jesus name Begin to right now break down every argument of the enemy. 
everything the enemy argues that God didn't do, every argument that Satan uses against the promises of God in your life, begin to break it down. Every failed experience, everything that you, the devil says that God didn't do, begin to break it down. Begin to pull it down in your mind right now. Every failed experience, every person that you pray that didn't get healed, every promise you stand on that felt like it didn't work, begin to break it down right now in Jesus' name. Father, we break down every argument of the enemy. We break down everything that's contrary to God's word. Every disbelief, every mistake, every failed experience in Jesus' name. We break it down. We pull it down in our life right now in Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. And I want you right now, let's lift our hands right now for just a moment. And I want you to begin to right now build a memorial in your mind. Begin to begin to thank God for everything He did do. Begin to thank God right now for every good work that He has done in your life. Begin to thank God for your salvation right now. Thank God for your righteousness. Thank God that He has found you. Thank God that you live in this country. Thank God that you are here right now. Thank God right now that your heaven is your home. It's your citizenship is there. Begin to thank God for every promise He has made. For every time He saw you through. For every time you, did, you didn't think you're going to make it. For every time you did not know where you're going to find the money to pay your bills. But something came through. For every time the enemy laughed at you and said you're a dog. But God still said you're a king. And He let you defeat that enemy. For every time you, God did not let your enemies to triumph over you because he stood with you he saw you through he was there silently but supporting your position begin to just give him some praise right now come on 30 more seconds church every mouth open even if it's your first time in here that accident is supposed to claim your life you're still here that sickness that was supposed to take you down you're still here begin to remember the memorials begin to remember the goodness of God begin to remember the answered prayers begin to remember the God who was with you there who saw you through hallelujah hallelujah we thank you lord we thank you father holy spirit holy spirit we choose to believe we choose to stand we choose to ground ourselves in what you're going to do in jesus mighty name lord in jesus mighty name lord i thank you god that my mood is not an indicator of your faithfulness i thank you god that how i feel has very little to do with who you are I thank you, God, that what I see has very little to do with how much you love me. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room today and you have not made a decision to give your life to Jesus Christ, if you are here today and you have walked away from the Lord, and maybe today you've been brought by a friend or a family member, but your relationship with Jesus is not personal. He's not your Savior and not your Lord. Maybe you know of Him. You know about him perhaps you grew up catholic or christian whatever camp that you grew up in but you don't have that relationship is someone you know about it's someone he's not someone you know and you say today i would like to accept jesus in my heart today i would like to be washed from my sins i heard this testimony about the guy going to heaven i want to i want to give jesus my life if you're that person who say i would like to make the decision today when i count to three just slip up your hand and i'm going to pray with you if you're watching us on live stream you can do the same by commenting and saying i would like to get saved today one two three let's raise that hand high thank you thank you thank you thank you say i would like to get saved today i would like to give my life to jesus today i don't want to live in sin i don't want to live by myself for myself if you raise your hand and uh or you wanted to raise your hand i'm gonna ask you to do something bold 
but I want you to quickly come out of your seat right here and we have we have some some people we're gonna pray with you just come just come 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 yeah come we're gonna minister to you right now just come come on yeah way to do it bro legends never die come on come on just come if you'd like to give your life to the Lord just come make your way out of your seat and just come I'm gonna wait for a, for a few more seconds make your way out of your seat and come if you're watching us on live stream there where you are right now you can comment and say hey I would like to get saved I would like to give my life to the Lord If you brought a friend with you and they're not right with the Lord but they're scared uh, you can just say hey I'm going with you but let's go friends don't let friends go to hell amen friends bring friends to Jesus amen amen let's pray let's pray to get those of you guys who are in the front right now I want you to mean it there's no power in the in the wording the power is in our heart that's when we surrender to God so I'm just going to leave in a very simple prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray with me and the church will pray with us as well. I want you to say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I come to you the way I am. Please forgive me of all my sin and wash me with your blood. I surrender the best I know how. Help me, Holy Spirit. From this day forward, lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name. Father, we just pray right now for every single one of these precious people that you will touch them, that you right now will do a miracle in their life, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, let their life never be the same from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.